There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everybody and welcome to today's live broadcast. Absolutely delighted to be here with one of my patrons, Hannah Basley. She has done the Montaigne Spine Challenger this summer. Absolutely incredible feat. She's got two kids and we don't know how she fits it in and even more importantly we want to know how she was smiling in every single one of those pictures that she sent me. Um, so welcome Hannah, how are you doing? Yeah, good thanks, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Interrupted by a child. <laughs> How have you bribed the child this time? Uh, there may be a potential visit to the KFC afterwards. Oh, lovely. <laughs> gone for the hardcore stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. gone hardcore. I, I'm, I very much approve. Um, so, so just explain to anybody who's not heard of the Spine Race and the Spine Challenger, um, explain which one you were doing and... Uh, yeah, and a little bit about the course, like start and finish and the distances. Yeah, so I think the Spine Race started as being just a winter event. Yeah. And it's essentially the length of the Pennine Way from Edale to Kirk Yetholm on the Scottish border. So, it, it, yeah, it's, it's quite a challenging route. There's quite a few hills. There's none of the big known peaks in the UK, but there's some big hills and national parks. Um, so yeah, the full distance is 268. They also have a challenger, which is, well, it, it seems to vary. The, the winter one is 108 and the summer one is a little bit more because it finishes a little bit further north. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then I think after they started the winter one, they introduced a summer one as well. Um, they also have like sprint distance, which is I think about 46 miles. Oh, so, they have a sprint now, do they? <laughs> Yeah, and they've got the um, they've introduced the Challenger North as well, which ah. is a, like the other part that I haven't done that makes up the full race. Yes, so. is it called the Spine Challenger or the Spine Challenge? The Spine Challenger. Challenger. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and and it's also referred to as the Fun Run, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and well, from the picture on the thumbnail, it looks like you're having a great deal of fun. Um, just uh, explain, first of all, could you just tell me why you decided to sign up for it? Um, I don't know. I remember, I remember actually first seeing people sharing stuff um, the year that... Um, oh, I'm blank now. <laughs> um, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was a few years ago, um, and yeah, it just looked amazing. I was looking, I was watching the daily updates, and I just thought, this is this is incredible. This is something I'd love to do one day. Really, admittedly, it was the winter one. And yeah, I, I was just like, I'm not convinced about. I, I've got a feeling that one day I might enter the winter one. I might yeah. end up moving along that trajectory. Wow. But uh, but yeah, I I looked at it. I thought that's amazing and I really want to work towards doing it wow um, yeah it's Jasmine yeah Jasmine Paris did it yeah so, amazing yeah, so that, was, that was amazing and as a mum as well watching her doing that and, and expressing the checkpoints and still beating the boys yeah that um, was amazing wasn't it that she did that that was a couple of years yeah. ago now wasn't it when she yeah I think she just yeah. had so one at the time I looked into it 
Yeah. And the more I looked into it, the more I thought, you know what? I reckon it's I reckon it's something that I feel I can achieve long term. So Yeah. Yeah. And so we did cover your training in the first video that we did um, about this. Um, I'll link to this in the film description below and in the podcast show notes. We interviewed Hannah before the race just to see how her training had gone. But just in a bit of a nutshell, um, how did you train for this? Because um, 100 miles, you can't really go out and run 100 miles every weekend to train for that, can you? No, it was it was fitting it in when I could, like, yeah it's I was mainly aiming at time on feet so like days out training um I did a recce uh on part of the route with uh someone I've met at a previous event that was also doing the race um a lady called Lizzie it was it was great um so we yeah we did a rec recce from sort of howling area up to between we sort of finished between yeah mountains fell and penny again and that was really useful because actually we did it we did it kind of through the night including a little bivvy at malham at malham tarn which was freezing (laughs) um it's a cold blowing across the tarn but yeah it was really useful because it included going across the um the limestone pavement above malham cove oh yeah that's tricky isn't it and slippery yeah yeah so we I'd seen mentioned about if you don't go across there, mm. if you kind of carry on going and then you go across the back, so it's less treacherous. Yeah. So we, we did that rec- that section in the dark, and that so that was useful knowing that we'd done it before. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So, yeah. so you kind of vaguely knew where to go. How's your navigation? Did you have to train for the navigation at all, or are you pretty good at that? Um, it wasn't too bad. It's fairly easy to sort of navigate most of it to be honest Mm. um I used a mixture of having the OS app on my phone but also I got myself a GPS device beforehand because I didn't if you know if it was raining or what have you the phone might be a bit difficult yeah um and also battery capacity um so yeah I've got like a Garmin GPS device really handy and it shows where you are yeah there were a couple of times when towards the end where navigation is challenging just because you haven't got the mental capacity any longer to, <laughs> yeah. to figure out I remember I stood at a gate thinking I'm pretty certain I go this way but what if it's that way where well, there wasn't even a distinguishable path <laughs> I was standing there looking at my GPS device wondering what to do and <laughs> and I couldn't stand any longer so I sat down looking at it instead <laughs> oh, and you're like is it this way is it that way because sometimes when you stop and then you kind of forget where you've been moving from it's unclear as to like which way that is pointing isn't it it must be yeah it must be really hard when you're sleep deprived <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah. yeah so you did the recce and then um how many so you with the with your two girls you're able to juggle it with your husband so that you can spend a whole day of what of the weekend you kind of swap days on the weekend or are you able to do both days on the weekend uh, it was mainly one day just because like mum a combination of mum guilt but also my husband does work some weekends as well so Actually, it's only two out of four weekends I had an availability to get out for a whole day. Yeah. Um, the other ones were very limited. Uh, so, you know, it's not as much training as I'd have liked to have done. Yeah. Just because of the, the time the time involved. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've got things I know I can improve on for my next event. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sneaking in extra bits here and there. Yeah, I'll just make a note of that because I'm going to ask you about those improvements later on. Um, but uh, yeah, first of all, um, uh, what was your favourite part of the entire um, race experience? Um, I think it's it's the people. I find it is amazing. Be like, it's the people doing the race. They're brilliant, and the people involved like helping at the race at the checkpoints and at the safety safety teams that are out on the course everyone was just so lovely and everyone was kind of in it together and they just want you to get to the finish um oh and also the um the unofficial officially unofficial checkpoint as well there's an extra like little mini craven tri club checkpoint as well so then they kind yeah. of do it off their own backs ah and they they treat you like royalty oh. in a tent, like help 
yeah it's just everyone is just so lovely so, yeah was, so there's a really nice atmosphere um on the race because you've sent me several photos of yourself on the race and you always just got this massive grin ear to ear whether it's night time whether it's raining whether you're halfway up a hill whether you're sat down eating some food it was just like grin from ear to ear did you feel like that the whole way or were there any sort of hard points where you really had to wrestle with with the why and <laughs> and the hurt oh, yeah. oh i definitely didn't feel like that the whole way <laughs> yeah i mean i i struggled there was one point where I started to struggle. It was on a diversion on a road heading towards Gargrave. Um, I mean, you start to struggle. Like, I start to feel a bit weary-legged, even at Black Hill, which was early on. But I think that's just normal, and you just work through it. Yeah. Ultra through it. You How far is that one, then, at Black Hill? Oh, that's that's not far. It's less than 30 miles. Mm. But you've had the hard, some of the hardest section. You've, got, you've had Kinder, Bleak, Low, Lado Rock and then you like sent up to black hill so yeah yeah it felt better you know once i'd got that out of the way it, it felt a bit easier um, yeah and yeah it's and as i say further on from galgrave i start to feel a bit weary i'd managed to somehow lose my spare cash and my bank card oh, and no. my driver's license out of my little pocket that i'd left unzipped oh but, no another competitor ran up behind us and said oh is one of you Hannah oh and I was like oh you hero oh brilliant so, oh. yeah so that was that was a highlight but yeah so we had a little had a little bivy um after Gargrave in a in side of a field just mm. to freshen me up a bit yeah and yeah the theme in the over the last day was particularly hard mm. and just even it's amazing how sleeping for even like a couple of minutes mm. gives you enough of a a boost to carry on a bit further <laughs> really so how long did it take you in total then in hours well the the, the time limit is 60 hours okay I think, it, I think I was only about two and a two and a bit hours under that wow I had I had a bit more in in hand but the last day I just found extremely hard it was sleep deprivation struggling with um nutrition and and it was really hot as well i was getting sunburned oh, i'd yeah. left my uh, lotion in my drop bag oh no um, yeah. and can you have can you have access to your drop bag at any point um are there certain there's certain checkpoints presumably where you can have access to the drop bag yeah only at the checkpoints which are a long distance in between so yeah i'd had access to it um near hebden bridge which was quite far back at that point um and the next time I had access to it was at the finish oh so, okay so you only get one chance to yeah. get the yeah. sun cream and things oh that's really yeah. difficult and so 60 yeah. hours I've just done some arithmetic and that's around two and a half days so so yeah. how much sleep did you get then over over the entire course you've just mentioned one bivy is that the only opportunity is that the only sleep that you took in those two and a half days well I did um I tried to sleep at, he at the Hebden Hay checkpoint. It's it's one of those things you hear different advice. You know, a lot of people say they don't bother, but then I thought we got there at about I think one in the morning. I thought, well, your body clock, you want to have mm. a sleep. It's just too noisy and just oh. not very comfortable. Yeah. So I I spent time trying to sleep and just not really getting. I, I probably had a bit of a snooze every so often, like over the course of a couple of hours of trying, but it wasn't anything significant. Um, and then I tried to sleep again at the Craven Try unofficial checkpoint because I had a tent with them that you could have a get your head down, and that didn't really particularly work either. Yeah. Um, and then there was a little bivy, and that was, I didn't even have a proper sleep then. It was just, I could feel myself dozing, and then I'd just wake up again. Yeah. Then a few minutes here and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anybody you know like as somebody who's a really good sleeper I wonder if anyone's just gone oh I'll just go for a 10 minute power nap and then they've woken up like the next morning and haven't had time to complete the race <laughs> like they've had no, eight hours <laughs> no, they've had to big. run the entire thing yeah. well yeah I mean towards the end I wasn't setting an alarm because I was just lying uncomfortably on the side of the trail <laughs> oh, just no. my head down but there was one bit before the climb up Penny Ghent where uh, I did set an alarm just in case because I just felt so wiped out and that was just after I'd spoken to one of the film crew about how I was going to get a little little top up of sleep before I went up again and um 
yeah, that was just lying down on a bit of grassy bank on top of my bivy with a, a jacket over me. Yeah. And I literally just a few minutes, a few minutes, um, the caffeinated Morton gel and a bit of chocolate and a talking to kind of things like that kind of help help get you going. Yeah. Yeah. So in total, how many hours sleep do you think you got in the whole kind of just sub 60 hour race? Maybe a couple. Is that like two hours? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I bet you slept yeah. a long time afterwards. <laughs> yes, I slept really well that night. Actually, the night I finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. A good fifteen hours. Um, so, um, what what kept you going then? You said you gave yourself a good talking to um, and some chocolate and a caffeine gel, which sounds like a good idea. But yeah, what kept you going um, throughout? Um, I just didn't want the disappointment of not finishing. I didn't. You know, I'd be really gutted and really feel really bad about myself if I didn't finish. So I didn't want that. Um, you know, I had my family that had been supporting me while I was training, so I wanted them to be proud. I wanted the kids to be proud. Um, I've been on and spoken to you about doing the race, so I didn't want to then like <laughs> yeah. <not> succeed. <laughs> that makes sense. Just like yeah, and like you know people I know that are like oh yeah you know you'll do it you'll get to the finish you've got a real strong you've got a lot of resilience and stuff and so yeah it was things like that really yeah just a combination of everything like expectation that oh yeah you'll do it Hannah and I was like well I've got to then yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah and you mentioned your daughters there um how are you do you mind sharing their ages yeah one's 11 and sorry here's the <laughs> And this one's nine. Yeah. Sorry, we've been... Uh, oh, I haven't got... Oh, here we go. I'll put it all on. Oh, there's a guinea pig. <laughs> yes. Lovely. Oh, hello, guinea pig. She's ugly. <laughs> She's Aww. off, yeah. Yeah that's, yeah, that's my nine-year-old. Oh, uh, hello. Two days a week. I think she's just... just yeah. And, and did you yeah. say that one of your children has SEN as well, special educational needs? Is it quite challenging with that, doing this kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. You what would you say? Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wasn't in school while I was doing all the training. She's now in school two days a week um, at the moment. So, but yeah, just jug- juggling everything. It's not like previously yeah. I'd have days off yeah. in a week and I could actually fit in training during those school hours yeah but yeah not anymore. <laughs> yeah now that yeah you can't yeah it must be really challenging um but then do you find that having a goal like that like a big scary goal like that really anytime you have got you go right I'm definitely going to do this now oh yeah yeah it's it's kind of my sanity really I think if I didn't have something else that I can focus on and spend my time obsessing over because I think with these big races you do end up really so focused and so obsessed about them and think about them all the time and I think that's it's it's my escape yeah to go into that space yeah it yeah it's like it's hard work but in a different way in like a physical way well and yeah. but completely different mental way yeah. and and I was interested yeah. to know because you know how you said you were tired even just before 30 miles because it's really difficult like up hills and downhills on yeah. the first part um I'm just interested to know how much of um a long race like this 114 miles how much of it is actually running for you it's not much to be honest yeah. um I ran across the start line just to, <laughs> just of it we were like we we're gonna run across I did quite a lot of it with this Lizzie that I did the recce with yeah so yeah we ran across the start line and then we just settled into like a, a reasonably fast paced hike yeah um we did run some sections along the there's some sort of slabs between between the bottom of Kinder Scouts so it's along Featherbed Moss between Kinder and Snake Pass yeah so we ran along there um can't think I'm trying to think oh yeah um I ran along some reservoirs before Studley Pike and I ran across the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, do you say 20% running, 80% walking? Well, speed hiking, presumably. I'd say probably probably only about 5 Okay. Yeah. Running, if that. Probably that. Yeah. It's, it's mainly, for me, it's mainly hiking. I think even the people mm. that are at the pointy end do quite a bit of hiking because, mm. yeah, you need to. But yeah, for me it was almost all hiking. And yeah. you can you can hike it all. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Ah. It's just, it's a different challenge, isn't it? For, for people at the top ends, they don't have the sleep deprivation mm. in something like the Challenger. They've got other challenges of like managing their nutrition and, and keeping, you know, in their legs and stuff at that, those speeds. But yeah, yeah, I think for, for me at the other end, it's it's the sleep deprivation is the biggest issue I think because that yeah. affects everything it affects your nutrition because you're not you've not got that mental capacity to be like I've got to keep eating so it all ends up starting to fall apart at the end well that's what it was like for me yeah oh okay so um I was going to come to that as well um about packing and eating but seeing as you mentioned eating um let's cover that first what did you take with you to eat and, and what worked and what didn't um I took a mixture of, so I took some tailwind, some gels. Um, on the first day, I had some rounds of sandwiches as well, because I quite like peanut butter and jam sandwiches for, for a day out. Yeah. And I had some cheese sandwiches. Um, and it's get food in other places. So I had energy bars, like flapjack type things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you get food at certain places. So there was Nikki's food van. Yum. Um, near the M62 crossing, which was amazing. And I, I've, I had a halloumi roll, and it was literally at that point the best thing I'd ever eaten in my life. <laughs> was it hot as well? Like, oh, oh no, it was yeah. summer, wasn't it? So you don't necessarily need a load of hot stuff. <laughs> no, but it wasn't. It was starting to cool down because mm. it was the evening when I arrived there. Yeah, and the light was starting to fade. Um, so yeah, it's great. There was a proper toilet. There was somewhere to sit down, and you could like change your layers before you went back out uh, with the with the you know the night coming um and there was other people there so you all everyone was chatting away um so that was that was brilliant and then there was the uh obviously you've got the checkpoint you get a full meal and brilliant. you've got more food in your drop bag yeah and then you've got the craven tri-club place where i discovered the joys of tinned peaches oh lovely they yeah. were amazing yeah they were really nice and they had all sorts they just kept offering different food and had bacon roll as well lovely um, and then you had the co-op at gargrave which sadly there wasn't as much choice as i'd hoped because i think all the quicker people had like cleared out <laughs> most of the sandwich connection yeah so there was there wasn't much there but i did have some some extra stuff there um and i think the next the next point i was able to sort of eat was the checkpoint 1.5 at Malamtan, mm-hmm. which I don't supply any food. They put the supply hot water and sort of teas and coffees and things and juice. Um, but it's just somewhere to sit down in a in a warm room. Um, yeah. Oh and uh, I had a, a, a double ice cream cone at um yeah. which was wonderful. And I, I I just because I've not been by that point very good with my nutrition I think if I hadn't had that, I don't even know if I'd have got to the finish. That just gave me enough boost just to keep on. Yeah, a bit of sugar. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Brilliant. So did you eat like every half hour or um, you mentioned that you got a bit kind of um, lackadaisical with the feeding towards the end? Did you start off yeah. with the best of intentions with a plan or anything like that? Yeah, I didn't have a specific plan, just but just to try and keep eating. Yeah. Which is something I will improve on, I think. For, mm. for next time, I'll I'll just I'll manage my I plan to manage my nutrition better. And I think I think with the sleep deprivation and just general tiredness, I just I just really forgot to eat. I just didn't feel hungry because mm. usually if I'm out training, if I start having a bit of a rumbling tummy, I know that I've kind of not eaten enough. Whereas I didn't even have the rumbling tummy. Mm. I just so I just didn't it didn't trigger me to eat. And so I just didn't really eat much. And then and then you're like, oh, but it's, you know, it's only 15 miles to the finish. But then you're like, 15 miles at the pace I was going by then is a long Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a few hours in the heat of the day as well. Yeah. So, yeah, your brain just doesn't function enough. So I've got to, yeah, that's that's something to work on. Yeah. Including in training as well, just literally keep eating, like say every half an hour. Yeah, yeah, something like little things, little portions of things. I think you can also, on those Garmin watches, I think you can set a little timer, like to beep at you every half hour to say, eat, like a flash up at eat thing. Yeah, so I need to do something just to to help me with that, because I know that was a, a, 
that was a big challenge in this in the, in the last day yeah last day. it does sound so, so it does sound like a challenge as well and and also I'm really interested in what you packed as well um so there must be quite a big mandatory kit list for going such a long way and such a remote distance between checkpoints um was there anything that was like particularly essential that you you couldn't have lived without um what what, what was in your bag um yeah, I mean, we were lucky with the weather. The weather was amazing, so we didn't have anything that was too, you know, I think if it had been raining, it had been different, a different matter. We had one little spell of rain. Um, my waterproof went on a couple of times, once because it was raining and another time just because it was, we left Malantan checkpoint, like checkpoint 1.5 in the middle of the night and it, the temperature had really dropped. Mm. It was a clear night. And you come out of a hot room well warm room into the outdoors so yeah yeah i'm glad i had a, a like a fairly fairly robust waterproof because that gave me an extra bit of warmth um like the kit list there's lots of there's lots of things i didn't use i did you i did use my bivy bag um i didn't take um, uh, any airbed or anything with me because i kind of figured I'd just lay down and sleep, which I did, and it would have been a bit of a faff to, to get that sorted. Yeah. Um, Foot-wise, I'm glad I looked after my feet. Yeah, how did you do that then? Well, I'd seen lots of information about making sure your feet were nice and soft and supple beforehand. So lots, <laughs> I bought these these foot things, like literally where you end up, almost like grating the hard skin off your feet oh, and then wow. using moisture overnight in the week leading up to it oh brilliant yeah because I Um, I didn't know that because um do you remember I had um Nikki from the Dragon's Back medic team um or the the Cape Beth Ultra medic team she she came on didn't she and she told us all about blisters I'll put a link to it in the film description in the podcast show notes below um and she did a, a chat with us about how to repair various different types of blisters and lesions and chafing and she said it's really important to keep keep your feet soft and supple whereas before I'm sure we'd always been told like when I was at school and stuff like that that you should like let them harden up and you know calluses were almost a good thing but actually they're not are they because they can all come off in all in one go which is revolting um so you kept yeah. them nice and supple that's that's good to hear that that worked yeah so and I used the Injinji toe socks mm-hmm. um and what shoes did you use uh, I used the Scott Kinabaloo okay. Ultra. Uh-huh. Um, I, I packed another pair of shoes in my kit bag and I, I had a bit of a sore little toe. It wasn't a blister. I think it was just a bit of a pressure point um, by checkpoint one. Yeah. So I tried the other shoes and I thought, actually, they're no better. So I'll stick with the Scots. And it, it didn't really bother me for the rest of the race. So yeah. whether that was because it was not so bad, because I put fresh socks on and fresh, fresh lube on my feet, whether it's because it's not so bad or whether it's because other things are just... Other things over. got worse, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so you don't really think about it. But I did actually lose that toenail a few weeks after the race. Yeah. Like, it didn't turn black or anything. It just lifted off a few weeks after. Oh. But, yeah, no no blisters or hot spots. But your feet take a pounding. So yeah. So by the, by the last day, just being on your feet, your feet are just, just sore. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's just the pressure of being on them being on them yeah I don't know what you can really do about that (laughs) yeah yeah fly (laughs) hop just like just make sure my the weight was off my feet as well and that just helped yeah even a few minutes off your feet and it just made a difference yeah I remember um when I've done ultras and stuff in the past like when I did the Bob Graham round um I remember the duvet even being too much for my feet like on top of my feet I was like no get it off my feet too much pressure on the feet (laughs) um but we covered the shoes didn't we there was the Scott Kinabalu um we've got a question from um cool in Olympia who says uh what shoes we've covered the shoes Scott Kinabalu and um what raincoat um did you use yeah what so do you remember the brand of waterproof that you used yeah so I had a couple with me so I had I had one out with me on the first day um, which was a Columbia Outdry uh-huh which I'd actually bought second hand off eBay oh cool <laughs> um, a little while before like if I got it for 25 quid or something I'd heard really good things mm. um yeah 
it's yeah I've heard other people in the in the spine group mention about how great they are mm-hmm. um yeah because I think Ian tested, so Ian Keith, yeah, Ian Keith used, he um yeah. runs for Columbia doesn't he and he's he's a previous yeah. spine race winner and he's always there in his Columbia jacket yeah yeah and he's he's I've seen him rave about them as well and like he'd still use them if he wasn't like columbia athlete yeah um, that's probably why so, he is one he probably wrote to them and said oh hi i really like this stuff can yeah. i be an athlete for you <laughs> yeah but as i say it didn't really get tested i just did also have an om kamlika jacket with me as well yeah um but i i think i just carried on with the um the the columbia one in a way through the whole race yeah so, so just i had a decathlon like the trail runner waterproofs um the trail running waterproof trousers yeah um, but i i don't think i even got those out i just i just wore shorts the whole time yeah even when it's cold overnight because if my upper body's all right my legs are okay so. yeah okay um that's cool and um di- did you use poles um at all i, I didn't oh, yes yeah <laughs> the whole race i wouldn't have been i couldn't have done it without the poles okay yeah. so what so those are the heavier the harrier carbon poles oh the harrier carbon the helvellyn ones yeah yeah. yes yeah because yeah, yeah. that was before they brought out the pro wasn't it so yes they're yeah. the the 70 pound ones um yeah. And, uh, yeah the the new ones are a little bit lighter are you going to treat yourself one day i will but, i can't really justify buying a new yeah. shirt I'm all right. you could always um, sell them on ebay and then move to the next one <laughs> yeah true yeah but they i couldn't have done it without them mm-hmm. i think it, it just it helps you up the hills it helps you down the hills it helps you t- taking the weight off your feet when you're tired like even if i was standing there chatting by the end of it and my feet really sore i just like lean my, my weight on the poles rather than my feet yeah <laughs> so, because you've got yeah, a fair amount yeah you've, you've got a fair amount to carry haven't you on the thumbnail picture you can see that your backpack's quite full um so you definitely yeah. need the poles <laughs> and um on the live chat severin's watching um another patron <laughs> she says hello these are the polls that i'm going to win next month because <laughs> <laughs> they're in the competition for patrons next month uh, oh, the new cool. the new carbon pro ones yeah oh wow. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um just in on the theme of gear do you know what the what the gps watch is called that you use the, do you know which garmin that you use Oh no! Well, my watch—I just used. I've got a Coros. Oh, you had a Coros, okay. Yeah, an Apex. Yeah. Yeah, Apex Pro, I think. Oh, okay. Um, um I didn't use the mapping on there. It's like, a, it's like a, it's just like a breadcrumb so just trail. An arrow with a, a line, yeah. isn't it? It's quite. I don't find that very easy to navigate with. Yeah, but the um the GP is a Garmin handheld device that oh, I use okay. for the mapping. Um, it was a Etrex. Yeah. Twenty. Oh, okay yeah the, the sort of the little yellow one with a little kind of kind of little signal what do you call it a little antenna thing little black antenna thing yeah i don't think it's sticking out oh, okay the, there's other ones that do like 64 or something okay does uh or 62 but yeah it doesn't have one sticking out but it's it was really really easy to use mm-hmm. um i couldn't afford the the official os mapping for it because that's a lot that's like more than the device cost really wow but yeah i got um there's a, a guy called talky toaster that does his own yeah. like stuff for it and it's a uh, yeah that that worked really well because you basically need the trail as long as you've got the gp gpx file onto it mm-hmm. that shows where the trail is yeah and you just keep on following that line so yeah and you've got it gives you information. It's not like an OS app, but it does give you other information as well, like gates and styles and roads. And, okay. So yeah, you just keep following that line, ah. whichever colour you set it to. Yeah. So that's Talky Toaster. Is it, does he just sort of draw the OS map out or something again? No, he uses he uses like because I looked, I was asking for advice on the uh, the spine group. Yeah. And there was lots of talk about you can actually upload mapping yourself like yeah. just by using what's available online okay. actually, which talky toasters kind of amalgamates a lot of that mapping himself uh-huh. and then sells the product it's not that expensive okay so yeah so it, it, you just say so it's just you just get it saved onto a uh, a card a memory memory card yeah and then you've got it and as and as i say and then 
any GPX device uh, file you upload onto it will show show the uh, some it'll show some map features, can it? Yeah, yeah. So it's not oh, it's not like OS map, but no. it's still mapping. It, it yeah. shows you where you're going and it. Yeah, rather, so I found it really useful. Yeah, so rather than just a blank screen and a breadcrumb trail, just the line and the arrow, you've got a yeah. little bit of like features, features yeah. and things like that. Oh, I've never heard of that before. I'm just Googling it now. Talky Toaster, here to help <laughs> with all your Garmin OSM mapping needs. Ah, cool. So, yeah, it's just a, a lot cheaper than OS if you don't need the whole the whole of the world on a map. You just get your little bit. Yeah. Ah, that sounds great. So it's a practice with it beforehand obviously because yeah. you, you don't want a whole new like way of looking at the map yeah um on, the, on race day so yeah i was doing sort of recce's with it and yeah and training with it on long runs and long walks and stuff yeah so, ah. it, was, it was handy because i mean you, for the summer it's optional to have a gps device mm -hmm. but for the winter you have to have a gps device yeah so. oh okay and uh, um, andrea says um the second generation e-trex is great for that distance uh, she's got the 10 um which only has the breadcrumb navigation so she says that that's that sounds a really really good shout um, and she said also she really likes the cat bell poles the cat bells poles which are the harrier poles which weigh quite a lot they weigh i think they weigh 560 grams for the pair so that is quite a lot um, yeah, they're the aluminium ones. Yeah, aren't they? yeah, yeah. So super strong, um, but yeah, a little bit heavier. But only forty quid. So. Yeah, and I suppose they're less likely. You're less likely to break them. There's always that fear, especially you have to be careful between yeah. like the slabs. Yeah. You don't get a pole stuck. Yeah. And end up snapping it because mm. I'd have I'd have been devastated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd have to go and buy another one or get the Harrier people to just like drone one over to you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because I suppose aluminium would bend, wouldn't it? Whereas the carbon poles would just snap. And then you can take some gaffer tape, but it's not really the same after that, is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I ever did the full one, maybe a set of poles in your drop bag, yeah. a set of poles would probably be yeah. worth it. Because I'd like, can you imagine breaking a pole early on? Yeah. Or... Yeah, it'd be they're, sad. They're, they're one of the biggest things that helped me through the race, I think. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Ah, and, and so then coming towards the end of the race, how were you feeling? Like where there was just five miles to go and you kind of knew that you'd got this. Did you feel like super happy or were you just really tired? Oh, I was, I was, I was a bit of a wreck. <laughs> there, was a, there was a guy, a safety team guy, um, kind of at the top of Cam High Road, like in his car. And he's like, oh, how are you? And I think this was about 10k to go. And I literally just burst into tears at him. I, I, and he actually said, if it's any consolation, there's people that are way ahead of you that pretty much gave me the same response. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, you've got this, you know, you just, just keep on moving and you'll be fine. But it was, it was really hard. And there was one point when I think I was even approaching whores. So it wasn't, it wasn't far to go at all. And Peter sent my husband sent me a message on WhatsApp saying, "Oh, you know, you're doing great. You know, you're nearly there." And I couldn't be bothered to type, so I phoned him and just cried down the phone. Oh, no, oh. And I literally had, I think, about two or three miles at this point. Yeah. And so I was a bit of a state, really. Um, were you crying because you were in a lot of pain, or do you think you were crying because you just had had no sleep for the last two days? I think, I think it was a mixture. I just felt horrendous. Oh no. Um, I just, I think it's, it was the lack of sleep, the lack of enough water. I, I had water, I just didn't drink enough. I had food, I just didn't eat enough. Mm -hmm. So all of those things combined were just, I was a bit of a wreck. You were depleted. Yeah. Very depleted. I kept weeing and I was like, I don't know how I keep weeing. Something's not right here because <laughs> I keep weeing and I'm not taking in enough. And uh -huh. It's blazing the day. The back of my neck and the back of my calves were like red yeah. in the sun. It was beating down from behind and it was, yeah. Oh, it, it was just horrible. Uh -huh. But yeah, I managed to like run across the finish line. Well, hey. It was, yeah. And it was, everything changes then. You're like, oh my God, I've done it. It's I'll go around again. But, yeah. And, <laughs> Where do I sign yeah, up for next year? That <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't my initial thought, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the initial thought, but we'll we'll come to that question in a minute. We've just, we've got a couple more live questions. Um, um, Kulin Olympia 
says, how, oh, how much running did she do versus walking and hiking? So it was 95% walking uh, At least. <laughs> and 5% running. Um, and, oh, yes, that's what they want to know. Everyone wants to know how, how long did it take to finish the race? It was just sub 60, you said. Yeah, it was, I think it was about 56 or 57 something. I'm sure you I said about 56 exactly. or 7 yeah. hours. I yeah. can't even remember how long it took. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. That's amazing. And and everyone wants to know as well, um, that how, um, how did your recovery go? Like, could you walk afterwards? How long did everything take to sort of get back to normal? Um, yeah, to be honest, obviously stairs were very difficult the next day but my quads almost improved hmm. from between about by the by the end my quads felt better than they did during the race wow probably the last day I was moving so slowly that my muscles almost started to recover ah. active recovery. <laughs> but my, my calves went really tight um they were quite like swollen and a bit sore but and my feet were a bit sore but by the next day things were a lot better um yeah, I think, I'm just trying to think, I think it took me about a week, a couple of weeks, and then I, I was able to run slowly again. Yeah. I think, I think probably less than that. I think I ran a bit too quickly, to mm. be fair. Um, but it felt all right, and then it's just a case of just taking it easy and just giving my body time to recover. Yeah, but, just ease back yeah. into it. And did you yeah. treat yourself to any kind of special meal afterwards? Did you take great care of your nutrition or did you just like get beer and pizza and just be done with it? <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember what I ate. I, think... <laughs> I planned to like, try and eat loads that evening after I'd finished. Um, I stayed at the youth hostel in Hawes, but I couldn't even be bothered to leave my room to go and get anything oh. um, that evening. So all the food that I hadn't eaten in the race and, and I had in my drop bag as well, I just ploughed into that. So I had plenty of stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't be healthy. But uh, yeah, crisps and biscuits and like tiffin and like all sorts of ran. I think I had a pepperoni stick in there. Yeah. And then the next day um, I had an amazing breakfast there because it's, it's a youth, it's a YHA, but it's, it's, it's almost like semi-independent. Okay. So they, it's not a YHA breakfast. It's um, they do their own one, and it wow. was amazing. Oh, yeah. brilliant! Yeah, that's just the kind of thing you need—a nice, hot, big, filling breakfast to just send you yeah. on your way. And then, did yeah. you have to drive home then, or, or did someone pick you no. up? No. Well, I planned to get the train. Yeah. I planned to, there's like a little, in, a little mini bus service, and I planned to get that to train station. I think I was going to go to Gargrave. And then get the train home and then just get picked up from the local train station. But there's a, a train strike. Ah. So my husband had to then drive up with my youngest. So two and a half hour each way oh. to pick me up from Halls, oh. which wasn't ideal. Oh, no. Um, I think he sold, it my, he sold it to my daughter as it's only like about an hour and a half each way. Yeah. And she was not impressed. <laughs> and the journey just kept going on. Oh, no. And there was a an obligatory mcdonald's on the way home for her as a bit of a reward yeah so. and then a kfc at the end <laughs> yeah i see yeah. i see how it how it goes <laughs> <laughs> oh we've we've got some everybody thinks you're amazing um we've got some really lovely comments um coming in um, severin says you are a legend well done so impressed um cool in olympia says wow great job very inspiring unbelievable i guess i could try something amazing too so you're inspiring a lot of people here today um and then um cool in olympia wants to know did you use a water filter in the race and if so which one i had one um but it was just i just had it buried in my pack i didn't need it they did have some water stops um which they were at pains to say they may not be there because they may be out dealing with people that need help and support. Um, it's a, is it a cat, cat is in B3 or something? I can't remember oh, okay. how to pronounce it. Yeah, um, a cat I used one. it once a few years ago, um, but yeah, I just, I didn't need it. I never, I never ran particularly low on water, mm -hmm. um, to be fair. Yeah. As I say, you've got, the first day, you've got stops at some of the roads um, where yeah. you can just, 
literally just fill up your water. I think they're allowed 500 mils. Um, and then you've got other places like like Gargrave um, and Checkpoint 1.5 where you can get water. Um, so, yeah, to be honest, there wouldn't have been many places to get water, especially in the first part, because it was quite dry. Yeah. So very dry underfoot. So there wasn't many many opportunities anyway so that you had to carry a minimum I think you had to have a minimum capacity to carry three litres okay you didn't have to carry three litres but you had to have a minimum so I can't I set off with two and a half litres yeah um I could have got away with less but then you don't know if yeah like the mountain rescue teams roads would be off and then you'd be in trouble so yeah, yeah I didn't want to take that time yeah it's horrible being without water isn't it um oh yeah yeah um well it's amazing what you did um and uh, you mentioned that you have some improvements um so does that mean that you're entered for next year i've not entered the spine race no um so yeah because during during the race i sent my husband a text saying never let me enter anything like this ever again <laughs> oh no has he <laughs> printed that out and framed it and put it in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> That's right, but... And also at the finish, when I saw Lizzie, who I'd done some of it with, and I'd left her to go ahead at Fountains Fell, I said to her, I don't think I ever do want to do the full spine race. Yeah. But actually, yeah. Did you I just do... say full spine race? Yeah, I will. I think I'm going to enter one day. Not <gasps> yet. Wow. But I do want to enter the summer one one day. Yeah. Yeah. Not the winter one? one? Would Or like, would you do the winter challenger um, as a um, step up? No, I don't. Probably the summer, I'd say. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in the next in the next few years, I'll do the full summer one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my initial thought when I finished the race was like, I know I wanted to do the full one one day, but no. Yeah. But I think the general consensus, I think a lot of people are broken by the time they get to checkpoint two. Yeah. And just having a proper meal and a sleep, and they go again. In fact, I heard an interview with Sabrina Pace Humphreys mm. um, that she she gave after the race to someone on a podcast and it just it really resonated with me how she felt by the time she got to hard draw mm -hmm. and she was able to just then keep going yeah so I even messaged her and said that's really given me the uh the incentive I I, like, I feel that it's I've got a chance of, of doing it yeah like, based on that like, she managed to pull it back around yeah yeah and then I think the checkpoints are a I mean, they're still about every 40-odd miles, but you've not got a big gap, such a big gap between checkpoints as you have between Hebden Bridge and, and Hardraw. So, yeah, so once you get yeah. there, you've, like, broken the back of it and then you could continue. So, yeah, so will you be doing the well, challenge? No, well, I, what I'm going... I haven't entered it yet because I don't know which version, but I, I was going to do the Challenger North, because yeah. that's new for next summer. Cool. Um, it's already done in the winter. What's um, the Challenger North then? Is it the opposite direction? No, it's from Hardraw to Kirk Yetol. Oh, so okay. So there's the first one is Edel to Hardraw, and then you've got yeah. Hardraw to Kirk. Oh, so you can recce the spine race. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to do um, uh, an ultra on the Pennine Bridleway. Okay. It's, it's organised by Stu Westfield, who, yeah. who used to be in the safety team at the Spine. I've heard the name, yeah. Yeah, and he he's he lives in the Peak District, or, or virtually the Peak District. Um, so he organises trail races. And, um, yeah, it just looks really fun. It's similar in, mm. the, in terms of the support and the distances between checkpoints and yeah. things like that. It'll be, it's a smaller race, and it just, it just looks really nice. Is it 100 so. miles again? uh it's a bit longer oh okay so you're <laughs> so, stepping up a little bit yeah uh, i'm probably gonna do the longer one yeah because i've had it in my head i'm gonna do that which yeah it's 270 kilometers which is about 168 miles oh the perfect step but up isn't depending it on how my training goes yeah yeah depending how my training goes they've also got a shorter distance yeah which is about half it. so i think it's about 80 85 miles yeah but it's similar, just similar type of pace to the spine. Yeah, you know, a little bit of mm -hmm. running, mainly fast hiking. Um, the checkpoints, most of the checkpoints, you can have a sleep apart yeah. from the first one where you where you can't. 
so it's a very similar kind of ethos cool. but it's uh, it'd be nice because it'll be a smaller kind of setup and as i say i've done i've done a couple of their races before i've helped on one of the races as well as a as um like a tail runner kind of thing and it was yeah it, yeah yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to that ah. it'd be nice to support a smaller yeah race organization and I've heard good things from the people that did the first one last year or this year. So, and when so that's what when is that one then? Is it the same that's kind of time? April. It's April. So okay. It's a bit earlier. April. So weather might be more changeable. Yeah. Um, be a bit it's, cooler. You know, it's similar stuff. Similar stuff you have to take in your kit and things. So it very similar, but yeah, pen on the pen on bridal way rather than the pen on way. Yeah, that's good that there's all these options, isn't there? And it's it is funny how people yeah. call it ultra running. It's not really ultra running, is it? It's just ultra hiking, no. really. <laughs> it is, yeah. Which yeah, makes it yeah. a lot sound a lot easier. But actually, once I I trained for the Cape Wrath Ultra, and I did a lot of running, and then I got to the Cape Wrath Ultra, and all I was doing was hiking with poles, and I was like, I, ha I haven't trained for this at all. Like <laughs> this feels really weird. So, I think yeah you'll have to do a lot of hiking in your training won't you yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah so that's it is it is literally just going to be just getting time on feet as much as I can we've got a dog as well so that get that'll get me out more yeah, since, yeah we've got a dog in the summer so Fantastic. Uh, and also just any opportunity I can <laughs> <laughs> hello <laughs> we've got a we've got a guest again <laughs> yeah, she she probably wants mummy back. Um, but we I just wanted to ask you what um what your top improvements would be for next time. Um, managing my nutrition. Oh better. yeah. Mhm. Mm I know you do. Managing my nutrition better. Um, probably managing my sleep better in a way. I wouldn't. I wouldn't again if I did it again when I do the full one. I won't sleep. I won't try and sleep at Hebden, Hebden Hay. It's just too too noisy, yeah. not comfortable. Yeah, and sleep I think out on the trail. Time, yeah, because actually it's amazing how restorative those little micro bivvies are, those little little rests. It just gives you enough just to power through for a little bit longer. And then obviously the checkpoints further up, I think you're more likely to sleep because by that point you're just so exhausted that your body will just to sleep that's yeah hopefully how it would be yeah um yeah it's it is there's so much to manage which is kind of why it's kind of all consuming right when you're training because it isn't just about the training it's yeah it's the kit and it's the nutrition it's just there's so much to think about and so many variables yeah so. and um and the there's, well. it you seems just... like um you've mentioned the facebook group um quite a bit it seems like there's tons of really useful information from the community of runners that have either already run it or are training for it um it, that sounded like it was really important mm -hmm. in in how in getting you through this one. Oh yeah yeah it's it's great to, it's there people that there's people there that have done numerous mm -hmm. blind races and people that have helped at the checkpoints as well yeah so there's there's so much knowledge and information and and reassurance as well you know when you say you're struggling to fit in time training there's there's loads of people out there that are similar and yeah. just just yeah you don't need to be doing a ridiculous amount of miles per week it's time on feet when you can yeah. and yeah and and the determination in here <laughs> not to yeah. stop because no. it's gonna hurt isn't it it's gonna hurt at some point it's, so. It's going to hurt. You know it's going to hurt. You're not sure quite how it, badly it's going to hurt or yeah. what, you know, because you've not done it before. You can't train, like I said, you can't train for that part of it. You just have to be prepared. And then it's only when you first, when you first have that hit you, that you start to have developed coping strategies, really. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, like I said, if I can do it, anyone can, to be honest. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it is, it is really inspiring, especially, you know, you're like so many of us, you've got a, you know, you're, you've got a job, you've got kids, you've got um, like everything that comes with modern day life and you're still getting out there and still planning to do all these amazing things. It's really, really inspiring. 
Um, it makes me think, oh, maybe I could do the, the spine challenger one day. That uh, would be fun. <laughs> it's a quite a hard 100 miler to start with. Um, <laughs> might start with a centurion running one first. <laughs> um, I'd do it that way. But yeah, 100 miles would be good. Um, uh, so just finally, um, before we let you go and, and be mum again, um, how... Um, like if you've got like one thing that you could say to give somebody advice who was thinking oh I don't oh I'd love to but I could never do that um what would you say to them um say if you you if you prepare really prepare yourself you don't have to be prepare like an elite athlete Mm -hmm. you've just got to you've got to know that it's going to be tough but if you get you know, if you get a reasonable amount of training and and get prepare mentally for it, then yeah, you can you can do. It. As I say, it's it's the good thing about the spine. You don't have to be particularly quick, so it's got such a nice generous cut off, which appeals to me because I'm not particularly quick and I couldn't run for long spells over that kind of terrain. Um, so yeah, anything that's got generous cut offs is appealing to me yeah really. yeah nice uh, take that pressure off yeah I knew if I I knew the sort of pace I could maintain and that would give me a nice buffer for if I needed any more time yeah <laughs> which I did need more time and I was it never felt in doubt that I was gonna you know I was always gonna get there within the cutoff yeah so yeah yeah so yeah don't doubt yourself and just keep going um that sounds like really good advice to me i i just want to read you out one one thing from andrea she says going for the full summer spine would take hannah from legend to superhero <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm gonna wait at least, it's gonna be at least a couple of years before i do that i think maybe yeah, yeah. Work up, so, work up like gradually. I mean, they're quite expensive, aren't they? These races, and I think personally, being out for like almost to the cutoff time just gets you the best value for money, really, doesn't it? Because you know you're making use of all those resources for for the for the yeah. full amount of time that you're allowed to for the price. And why would you want to finish earlier? Like, there's all those views to be seen. So I think oh. you did it the right way, exactly. Yeah, there's some lovely views. I mean. Penny again, like as the sun was still coming up, was oh, just stunning. Wow. That was, yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, and, and Malham Cove is just uh, spectacular, isn't it? Well, yeah. Fortunately, I have seen it in the daylight. Yeah, I saw it in the dark. Oh, in the race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, I'd have been a bit miffed. But yeah, I've seen. I've, yeah. I've been there a couple of times in the daylight with family. But yeah. Yeah. It's spectacular. Like, you, know, you know it's there but it's just so dark you can't see it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah at least you know in your mind's eye what it looks like oh yeah. well thank you very much hannah it's been really great having you on um and congratulations again for an amazing race on the spine summer challenger um and we'll have to catch up with you again um to find out how training's going for april and see which one you're going to do Oh, yes. Yes, I know. Yeah, I'm probably going to go the longer one. I think you should. Even the shorter one looks brilliant. Because because I want the next challenge, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The shorter one is less. Yeah, yeah. They, they, as I say, the cutoffs for both of them look brilliant, so... Yeah. If you do the 168 and you get to 100, do you get the 80-miler medal? No. Oh, okay. No, No, the 80-miler is... And the 85 miles is from Hebden Hay to Kirkby Stephen, whereas the full one is from Middleton Middleton Top, um, down at the bottom of the the High Peak Trail. So it's not the same thing? Um, No. Uh, It's not just going the same way and then a bit further? You just stop when you fancy? (laughs) Yeah, okay. I see. Oh, well, I think go for the big one. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) You've got the you've got the fitness in you. You've got the endurance in you. Um, just need to maintain it over the winter. Perfect winter base training. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 Oh, so I might do. I'll probably do the virtual spine. In, oh. Just Yeah. Yeah. So that's so my that, timer. That'll probably be good. 
Oh, sorry. No, I just, I've got, um, I'm making chicken soup, so I've got a chicken in the oven. <laughs> so I just like need to remember to take it out when I get, when I get away. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I think, I think 168 miles in April, I think you could do that. Yes, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping so. I, I am looking forward to it. Um, yeah. To doing, doing this race, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, good luck. And uh, we'll catch up with you again. Um, and it's been really great to speak to you today. And um, well, yeah, just congratulations. It's absolutely fantastic and inspirational. Oh, thanks, Claire. Cool. Well, say bye, everyone, now. We'll still be on Skype, but I'll say bye to everyone now. Bye, everyone. Thank you for watching. Everyone's really inspired. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.